smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast, the first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me as always is... Andy. Who will be a dreg. He's going to be a dreg today. Um, welcome back to the podcast, season 14 of Smaller on the Outside. Once again, if you're unfamiliar with the podcast itself, it's a TV show podcast. We mostly talk about Doctor Who and that's on air. But when it's off the air, sometimes we talk about different shows. If you go back into our archives, you'll see a ton of different shows that we've talked about. So we've talked about Sherlock, 24, 24 Live Another Day, The X-Files, Smallville, a little bit of Alias. Um, and the list goes on. Um, so a little bit of alias, <laughs> a little bit of alias. I had, uh, I talked about the first season of alias and that's about it. I planned on doing more, but things come up and now we're on Dr. Who and Dr. Who takes precedence over everything else that it does. Uh, today we have another episode. It's called uh, orphan 55. But before we talk about this episode, let's go ahead and bring our sponsor into the uh, folds here. So take it away, me. And we're back. What a great sponsorship commercial that was. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure the uh, real answer here is no, but did you do anything Doctor Who related this week other than watch Doctor Who? No. No, I don't think so. I didn't, I didn't either. At some point, at some point, I'll get back to uh, reading some more novels and stuff like that. But it's been a crazy crazy week now um we're kind of getting back into the folds of things with this episode this is kind of back to business as usual as far as uh the 13th doctor is considered this felt like basically anything that we saw last year or the year before last anyway it felt better than than last year but than most episodes i'd say it was relatively similar um it there was good elements of this episode uh, but otherwise, I would consider it, uh, you know, basic here. Some nice little twists and turns that I thought were kind of cool to talk about. But for the most part, it might be a short podcast, uh, just because there's not a there's not a ton of I would say meta things to talk about in this episode. I would say the a- enemies are decent, and the uh, idea of of what's going on is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I would probably agree with you there because I mean there are things like I said there are twists and turns in this episode, um, I but it's nothing. I this episode in 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 at least in one uh, scene in particular uh, reminded me a little bit of uh, the episode Midnight. Mm, is that a new Who or is that an old Who? It's new Who. Um, it's David Tennant. Uh, it was I think. Uh, the fourth season with uh, Donna. Donna stayed back in the spa area and uh, David Tennant went out on this bus thing out into this uh, no man's land in this uh, uninhabitable world. Remember? Was that a special? No. Uh, And and it was where everybody started repeating each other and then you had the pounding on the outside of the bus. Yep. Okay. I, I but, now I know what you're talking about that. Yeah, one. That was a good one. It was the idea of the spa planet on an uninhabited world, and how you could go out and uh, 
and there was still creatures out there in an uninhabited world. Now, that was one of the more uh, tense episodes, I think, of Doctor Who that I oh, can yeah. think of. <laughs> and it, the uh, thing, yeah, the, really good writing on that one. The, the interesting part about that is it's actually fairly simple and fairly straightforward of writing but it's very effective <laughs> yeah and some that's i i highly believe in the whole less is more idea so i mean that mm -hmm. kind of goes right into that um so this is orphan 55 uh, what i was saying is that kind of the speed of things we uh we, episode starts off on actual theme song instead of having a uh, uh a scene that led up to it, which the two parter no cold had. Open. No cold yeah, open. the cold open. The uh, uh, I think the eleventh. There were there were quite a few uh, previous seasons that had done episodes like that as well. Well, I I think for the most part, uh, the older series had a lot of cold opens. Eleventh series, the eleventh season did not. Uh, it was mostly boom theme song. Then we go the into the episode, which is what this one did. The classic show was almost all like that, where it immediately starts the with classic. the theme song. The classic, yeah. But we're not in the classic. As but some the, people, I mean, I, I, I feel like Chris Chibnall does seem to be. Um, he he has referenced the classic in a few ways uh, this season so far. So I think it's possible that he may have some kind of you know, well. Wow, so, it's sort of Stephen Moffat, but it, but just in uh, he may have a certain respect for the classic series that um, that he's trying to bring forward into his. Yeah. This episode's written by Ed Heim. Ed Heim. Uh, don't know who that is. Nope. <laughs> but not Chris Chibnall, which we were thinking. That's you know, true. who's gonna he's gonna write a ton of them, which he might. I mean, it's back else you know you also uh, wrote it takes you away which okay. was um that was the one where they were in the house and it, it had a portal to another universe oh uh, yeah yeah that was actually a pretty good one i thought was that was decent. one of the standouts last season yeah okay so this episode kind of opens up on the episode of the crew and the TARDIS. They're cleaning up some kind of tentacle mess that was left on the ground of the TARDIS. Uh, <laughs> it was some kind of mission. Episodes. Yeah, it was some kind of mission that we didn't see. And uh, um, I was uh, I was hoping that maybe that it'll be, you know, maybe touched upon in a new novel or something. Who knows? Um Never know. Novel, comic book series, something, but it's probably not the case. It's just probably a little fun opener. Well, and, when, uh, they, when they do stuff like that, they don't intend for it to ever be something they explain. It's just sort of like a comedic moment. But when they do that, they open up the door for writers of the extended universe to, uh, you know, explain it, to interpret it in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so at this point, Graham kind of, uh, comes around the <laughs> corner and, uh, talking about coupons or something. I'm not really sure, but apparently you collect like six TARDIS coupons and you get a free holiday. And I'm not entirely sure what the heck he's talking about. He was he like, Oh, I forget what he was saying. He, he, he was, he was exploring the TARDIS. Right. And 
he was talking about some room that he couldn't remember whether the, that room was upstairs or downstairs because of the way the TARDIS works. It's all he was going to the journey, the center of the TARDIS is what he was doing. Exactly, and uh, and I guess he had found an old coupon for for a free spa day or whatever, and and he said yeah. you just got to put put these together, and then and then we have it. But then it turns out <laughs> that that, we be- have it. that became a uh, that became a teleport. A teleport cube. What it looks like is basically the thing from Avengers. Well, um, I was gonna say um, again. That's correct. <laughs> no, I was gonna say again. The episode, the Doctor's wife. Yeah, the the cube that uh, brought them to that the edge of the universe, or yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought about that too, but obviously that's not what that was because that's not a message cube. It was a teleport cube. Yeah, so, but that's I what mean, I, when it just kind of looked like together. I was like, oh, is it going to be that? And then it wasn't. But uh, even if not, it seems like it feels like every <laughs> I've, I've seen, I keep uh, mentioning that episode for some reason. That's going to bring us back to it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, he puts it, yeah, he puts it together, creates this cube, and he says, shoot, I forgot to grab my Speedos, um, which is great. <laughs> Never mind. I'm wearing them. <laughs> I thought he said he only had one. I don't know. Um, while the doctor's uh, looking around this new place, which is kind of called, what is it, the Tranquility Spa? Yeah. Uh, she's looking around the place. I don't is it just me or does it seem like the place itself glitches out? Um, and then there's some kind of security room where people notice that there's some kind of virus popping up. The, it was the um, uh, vending machine. The vending machine had a, had a bug in it, which gave, I know the vending machine did, but I didn't think Ryan. that's what it focused on. It was focusing on some kind of tray or something outside. And then Ryan went to see a vending machine later. And then, yeah, oh, he got for anything got earlier than that. Yeah. And then, vi- uh, yeah, Ryan gets the virus, but in the meantime, Yaz interrupts the sweet old man about to propose to his lady friend. Never gets to in the episode because she interrupted them, which is, I mean, he Re- does, but doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He, he does propose to her, but not in the way that he wanted to. <laughs> and uh, his entire life at this point is ruined because of Yaz. So, uh, yeah, that's not. Uh, and then Ryan gets infected by, I don't know exactly what they're saying, but it sounds like Hoppa virus. Hopa? Hoppa? Um, it's like, I thought it yeah. was Hoppa. I'm not sure, but it's a it's a little worm thing. Yeah, Hopper. Yeah, H O P P E R. Hopper. It's just the accent. Hopper. Okay, All right. it's, it's accent. Uh, it's okay though because the doctor's able to get him to sneeze it out, and then he retreats to a corner, sucking and his thumb, where he meets has uh, hallucinations of bats, and then has to suck his bats. thumb. <laughs> he has to suck his thumb. It's very important, and that's where he meets Bella, which is one of the main characters of the episode. Uh, and she apparently was also infected by a virus because she was also sucking her thumb. Yeah. Um, so the doctor goes to meet the tour guide. What's her name again? It was like hyphen with a three or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. The three instead of an E. Okay. I, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm picturing an actual hyphen 
H-Y-P-H-3-N. Gotcha. <laughs> she asks, uh, the doctor asks her, what's going on? And presents her little uh, mental paper thing or whatever it's called. Uh, psychic paper. Psychic paper. She proceeds to list off what she thinks is on there, which is <laughs> not usually what you see the doctor do. Yeah, typically he- the doctor shows the psychic paper and the other person reads it. Because it's supposed to and be they, as in they did. it they, comes from their mind, they, from the doctor. Not right. And, and I think that's exactly what happened in this episode because she just listed off a bunch of different occupations and she got them wrong, wrong, wrong until she finally landed on something that stuck, uh, which was the uh, resort inspector. Yeah, she, eventually like finds out, she eventually finds out that something to do with this hotel has an ionic membrane, whatever the heck an ionic membrane is. <laughs> was, and, uh, was that the... Uh... Was the, I think it had something to do with the force field or whatever, right? It it does, but I, it doesn't exactly go in to explain it or anything. Yeah. Um, well, ion and, is energy. Yeah. Membrane is like a is like a surface or like a skin. Hmm. So energy skin seems like a, seems like a force field. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, we have the security of the hotel. At least it's what it seems to be the security. They got guns and everything. They are attacking a monster in the episode. I guess those are what are called the... Uh, what are they called again? The Dreg. dreads? Dregs. Yeah. They, what they basically look like is... Uh, I don't know. Some kind of villain in Power Rangers? I don't know. I know. Yeah, that, that came to my mind. Uh the uh what were the, well actually i was gonna say they look a bit like um what's the he was the the main male bad guy in the uh, power rangers that came after rita that guy uh, yeah he looks like just like I, I, like muscles and brains you know uh, not ooze that would be uh i forget his name yeah but yeah, him. Um, and that's what they basically go. All right. Uh, so to protect the guests on the resort, the doctor orders everybody to head into the linen closet, which isn't a linen closet. It's the uh, resort security mainframe room that they're all in. And uh, the doctor proceeds to plan to rebuild another ionic membrane. It, again, I don't know what it is, but she, she does said, that. She, what did she? Oh, man, she had a good line too. Saying they they told her you can't just build an ionic membrane, and she said something like something MacGyver. I could rebuild you if I had. I could rebuild you with uh, like half a spam, something and, or other. And a, yeah, it was something stupid like that, and I could rebuild you. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Yeah. So she rebuilds this ionic uh, membrane thing, and uh, then the monster things get zapped with it and disappear i guess now the doctor and the hotel people they head outside they look at the edge of the hotel and we see that they're kind of contained in a sort of dome like in the truman show where mm-hmm. it's like it's in it's an invisible wall which keeps them in and the idea is the only way you can go and grow is through a teleportation but there's this break in the wall which is i guess either letting the monsters in or letting them out i'm not entirely sure so now but, uh, uh, I believe 
we later learned that that break in the wall was from one of the bombs or am I, am I, did I misunderstand that? I think you're right. Because I mean, they got a mole, right? Sort of, not really, but sort of. Um, Yeah. But But the idea is that bomb or not the monsters you're getting in through this port in the side, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but wouldn't you know it the old guy from the beginning who was going to propose the old lady he like left or something he he got he got taken by one of the dregs he did but i don't think they knew that at first like they're like oh shoot he's gone we gotta go look for him Mm -hmm. you know and then later on wandered off (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like they just thought he wandered off because guess what? He's got an oxygen tank and he can breathe in this CO2 less. That's not how oxygen tanks work. You know, they don't, pro- they're not, you know, scuba tanks. They're not like uh, astronaut yeah. oxygen tanks. They're supposed to help natural airflow. Well, see, that that's, that's what I was thinking as well. But then I guess we learned later on that the, atmosphere outside the dome is pretty much carbon dioxide which is air so as long as there's enough oxygen mixed in with that then you can breathe it okay uh but anyways they head out to find them uh and that's when we learned that because the planet is dead that they're on it's called an orphan planet I guess. And this is Orphan Planet 55. And I don't even know where she grabbed that number out of, but she knew it was 55. I, I don't know if I miss them. Was it because it was dead or was it because um, it could be birthed to new new creatures? I think it was dead because it's uninhabitable. No, I mean, and it was I mean, orphan it's because un- called Orphan Planet. I thought it was Orphan because it was uninhabitable, but. I, I could be I'm mistaken there. Hmm. Now, this is kind of where they find out that the old guy was taken because they realize that he's traveling really fast. And old people don't typically travel fast. They're typically kind of slow. They should have been able to find him in the first 30 seconds when they left the place right. in a big <laughs> caravan. Um, but so the hotel ladies like, well, crap. I mean, they got him. We should just go back to the hotel. And the doctor's like, hold on now. No, this is a rescue mission. We've got to go find him. And then they crash the caravan into a ditch. Doctor made a mistake on that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but they go and check out the... the They go check out the crash without any breathing apparatuses. So I guess it's not that bad, like you said. No, it wasn't, is no, no. no. Uh, the, what was the thing on their nose? Wasn't that... Something. I thought that was just plugging their nose for I don't know, no, like no, limiting I, their breathing the or something. They were wearing on their nose were giving them just enough oxygen because later on the doctor started running out of oxygen because she had been talking so much. Yeah, I guess I kind of missed the whole thing on their nose thing because it's not it's not at their nostrils, you know, it's up towards the top, like what you it's plug like your implant. nose for if you're going. It's well, it's like what you would wear if you went swimming and you didn't want water to go up your nose. That's right. basically what it is. But it's but, supposed to look futuristic, I think. You just put sure. it on, on the top of your nose and it gives you oxygen, that sort of thing. It would have been cooler if they had the things from Star Wars Episode One or whatever with the they put it in their mouth. Mm-hmm. 
uh, when they're swimming. But whatever. They can breathe-ish, um, but whatever. <laughs> so they all get out of this caravan because they want to go on foot because it's crashed now. But they quickly retreat back to it when the monsters begin to surround them. Uh, and in the caravan, they hear the voice of the older guy saying, basically, will you marry me to the old lady? Finally asking her before he tells them all to shoot him anyways, which is just a waste. <laughs> will you marry me first? Yes. And second, will you shoot me? <laughs> will you kill me? <laughs> That's right. And, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I was thinking they were doing a Terminator thing where they were like... Uh, doing the fake voice like they were imitating or, him because the, uh, they were able to angels. because we find out that these were apex predators that can um adapt to their surroundings they can adapt to their threats um so i was thinking that they were adapting and they were using this guy's voice because we never see him yeah i wouldn't be surprised but they don't do they don't end up doing a lot of adapting in the episode yeah, and they don't really explain anything. Like, why is the old guy out there? If he really was them, why is they he were just hanging out with him. all these? But they were just like hanging out. Well, I don't know. It's confusing. Him is what uh, she said. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they all escape from the caravan once again and head back to like an underground tunneling system. Um, and we learned that the uh, the lady from the hotel killed the guy, and she's like so nonchalant about it. She's like, "Yeah, oh, I killed him." You know, he, you know, <laughs> it's cool. You know, he asked me to, so like, I what do you what are you complaining about? Yeah, he asked me to. Uh, <laughs> antisocial people, they're great. Um, so under this this underground tunnel, we find out that the hotel security lady. She admits to killing the old guy, like I said, and Bella aims the security lady's gun back at her because she's got mommy issues, and apparently this hotel lady is her mom. Who abandoned um, her as a child. Right. I, I don't know. They don't really look like they have the right age gap, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, all this happens all this happens really quickly because Ryan grabs her and they uh, transport back to the hotel where she's just like, check this out. I got a suitcase bomb. There was a maintenance teleport that takes them right back to the hotel. Yeah. So she's got a suitcase bomb back at the hotel and she, her plan is just to blow everything up. She said she has multiple bombs. She does, but I mean, we only really see the one. Um, She's like, this so isn't this the is the only bomb I made, though. So it, I think that's – I don't know if they – I don't remember if they confirmed it or not, but I, I assumed that one of those bombs is what caused the, the uh, hole in the wall. They, they do You're... say that she was responsible for all the stuff that happened, um, like, you know, the drags getting in and stuff like that, that that was her fault. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if she – um, bombed the wall, or if she brought in the virus, it was one of the two. She did something. We yeah. definitely know that she's some kind of mole of some sort. She definitely has some issues. And well, see, you know, she was she was recovering from the uh, the computer virus as well in the beginning. So it's possible that she brought in the virus, but I don't remember if they ex mm. explain that exactly. 
I, I think they right. did, but I don't, I don't remember the exact details. Sure. So underground. We're underground. We finally figure out what planet this is. Apparently, it's Earth. Judgment Day has occurred. There has been some kind of nuclear fallout, <laughs> and the Earth is dead, and it's because we caused it to ourselves because we are just... Because of global warming. They said they said basically global warming caused uh, you know food we ran out of food and so people uh, started fighting over what was left. You well, know. remember she mind melds with the monster later on. She sees like nuclear holocaust. Mm-hmm. So I mean it might be uh, global warming, but there's also nuclear holocaust. Right. She basically, said basically for- it was global warming first, then food ran out, and then we went to war. And the war was the nuclear war. Okay. Now, when I first saw that nuclear holocaust thing, I'm like, oh, the master did another planet down, didn't it? <laughs> well, like, there oh, you go. <laughs> I'm like, Maybe the, the master could have been involved. Could have. Could have, like, slightly edged. If that's the case, that's great. But whatever, it doesn't actually tell us in the episode. In the episode, right. it just kind of hints that we did this to ourselves. Basically, so, it was a bi- a big uh, a big environmental message. <laughs> Solve you know, global warming, or you're gonna turn into dregs. There's definitely a big social commentary <laughs> thing at the end of this episode. Um, yeah. it's like uh, definitely a current relevant message to some certain nations that there's uh, probably there's are... probably gonna be some people that are gonna complain about that about being oh, preached oh, yeah. to. Oh, stupid PC show. It's politically <laughs> correct all the time. It's got to be. Who cares? All right. Uh, no, I, I, I see some people all the time on Doctor Who message boards that are actually complaining about this season, even the first two-parter, that uh, still think it's too PC, especially this. I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's not just Doctor Who. People complain about any show nowadays oh. if it's if it's PC. Oh, and uh, I think that's the thing. They they call it that, or they call it S- SJW or whatever, and it's just like they're they just it's, it has stuff that they don't like, and they don't want to call it that. <laughs> they want it to be like how it was back in the day, you know. <laughs> they don't want things to have message to have uh, political messages, stuff like that. Well, back in the day, uh, politics wasn't as strong, I think, and important to people as it has been lately. And they're just getting with the times. They're just being modern with it. They're just connecting with an audience who actually cares about politics. Yeah. Uh, but back in the day, that's people really did just watch movies well, and they watched TVs. I mean, with the- you want to talk about that, there, it, that's not necessarily completely true. There was an episode of, I think it was The Third Doctor, where they had a message about global warming. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. There are moments in our history where things come up, and politically speaking or whatever, and when that happens, usually you get a flux of episodes and movies that kind of oh, surround yeah. the same topic because it's always trying to you know keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff, just in general, not just Doctor Who, a lot of movies and TV shows back in the day just didn't talk about politics because it was offensive. Uh, and I don't think it's seen as offensive by a majority of people, but sure, people are still going to see it as offensive. 
if you don't agree with it, you're going to see it as offensive, basically. Yeah, and you can't you can't win everybody over, but right. uh, it's it's it really is kind of with everybody else's line of thinking when it comes down to TV shows. It's just sticking with times, and I don't have anything against it. So there's that. Um, in the episode, the old lady decides on her own that it's a good time to just sacrifice herself. She she has nothing well, to live no, for anymore. Saying that she was holding them back. And so it's her way of letting the, of giving them a, a step forward. And, uh, and she also was probably suicidal after her, uh, <laughs> died. She's like, you know, uh, I, no will I serve live. my, I've, I've served my function in the episode and now I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just this extra character walking around. I might as well go out there and let these people eat me. So that's what she does, and the doctor doesn't even try to stop her. <laughs> There's you a know, lot of people doctor, that die in this one, isn't there? There's a few people that saw all those red marks at the uh, beginning of the episode. Oh, as yeah. There was a ton of them. I guess it was – was it just the two old people then uh, for the main cast? I was for the thinking, main cast, yeah. It, it was I almost think. the director – no, also that uh, that other person um, you were talking about, Hyphen, because we never saw them again. Hyphen we? died. Hyphen died. She got dragged out of the caravan by the monsters. Yeah, and it almost seemed like... Um, the, it, the director almost died, too. Yeah, it almost seemed like the director died, but then they, they showed up again later. And we don't know for sure what happened to them at the end of the episode, but we assume mm-hmm. they get away. Okay. So, so they all eventually come back to the linen closet that we were at the beginning of the episode. So the doctor's brilliant plan is to boost the oxygen levels because the monsters hate it. So that'll give them more time to figure out how to fix the teleportation mechanism, which is just, it's, it's not good enough. All they have is Ceruleum 3 because they need Ceruleum 4, wouldn't you know it? So <laughs> Reverse the polarity. Wait. <laughs> the way they fix the <laughs> ceruleum, whatever the heck ceruleum is, is they they use one of those virus things because you know viruses always make things better. And uh, <laughs> apparently, if you give ceruleum three, one of the virus worm things that they got in the beginning of the episode from the vending machine, it evolves into ceruleum four. <laughs> yeah, that's know. that's their uh, sci-fi logic, <laughs> plot logic. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> plot logic uh, they gotta figure it out some way and uh that gets the power working again so that their teleportation system is powerful enough to get them off the planet and the doctor and the crew get teleported back to the tardis and we're unsure of what's left with the mom and the daughter duel i think it's important to know because i think ryan had the hots for bella it's possible i mean again i say this with uh expectations that it probably won't but it's possible that they could potentially bring them back like that could have been a setup for something that comes back later i don't think that's going to happen but maybe they're leaving the yeah door i i highly doubt it will bring it back but it does seem like the entire episode was building on this potential relationship i'm like why would you why exactly. would you bother why would you bother writing all of this like dialogue between the two characters if you're just like okay 
let's potentially kill them at the end of the episode as long as our companions make it back to the TARDIS. Right. And, uh, well, Theo died too, and, um, and then was saved by her mother. So it, it seemed like... Um, like it would have, I think it almost would have worked better if she did, if they both did die. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, I think what they might, um, yeah, they potentially be setting something up for a future episode, or they could just be leaving the door open for that possibility. Now that would make more sense, as it, it kind of rings true with how they worked with the comics and bringing it back to characters that you met in the beginning and things like yeah. that. Actually, similar to the Mandalorian, which is completely different show but you're like why are they introducing all these characters randomly mm -hmm. and then yeah. the next episode is somebody else and then finally towards the end of the season they kind of all gathered around in an end game like scenario so mm -hmm. that that's possible but i'm not sure if chip knows what he's doing all right so the doctor tells <laughs> the companions that it's okay the future is not fixed there is no fate but what you make what about uh, six points I know. I'm. I'm sitting here like uh, I think a nuclear war might be a fixed point in time where the like world ends. It's uh, not a fixed point. Hey. It's okay. So here's here's what I gather. A fixed point in time is only a fixed point in time if it's something that we as an audience know happened before our history. <laughs> anything in the future. Anything in the future is not fixed for us. <laughs> But it's time travel. There yeah. is uh, time is not. Uh, it's not a ah. It, time, time travel is, not, is, is messy. That's basically, why that's uh, time travel. Say you can't kill Hitler because we, as an audience, know that Hitler existed. So you can't actually change that, or you create a completely different universe that doesn't make any time sense. Time is irrelevant. Okay, you have time so, travel. Time is irrelevant. If there's going to be a fixed point in time, there's going to be a fixed point in time. I think, what was it, the second episode of New Who with the world ending? They said something like, this is always going to be when the world dies and there's nothing you like could do about that. I don't That's know if he said it, if this moment was always going to be a fixed point or if he just was saying that, that the Earth will eventually come to this point no matter what happens it was something like that yeah anyways um and then that's when we get the kind of the social commentary about you know treat the planet right or we're all gonna die kind of a thing um, and we're all gonna turn into dregs which of course are the evolved state of the human beings who survived the nuclear fallout um I know, you know, there's been movies and TV shows and things like that where we have seen uh, what has come from nuclear fallout, people who survive what they turn into. We've seen stuff like that before. Godzilla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, turn, they turn into Godzilla. Uh, no, no. Uh, actually, what was the... Wayward Pines, I feel like, is one. Really? Uh, I, didn't watch, I didn't watch the second season. Oh, well, that's okay. The The first season was like all the books kind of campaigned, and then the second season they like created from scratch and it wasn't as good. So I watched, the, I think I watched the first episode of the second season. I thought this was stupid and I stopped. <laughs> second season wasn't the greatest, but the first season was pretty good. And I read the entire series of that. So it's the same kind of thing of uh, evolved humans 
Wasn't it? Um, uh, wasn't it that they froze themselves in in capsules and then woke themselves up like thousands of years later? Something like that. They did do that at the very end of the season. Yes. No, I mean, wasn't that like you didn't know that they were in the future this whole time? That sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, but I think then they Spoiler. froze themselves even <laughs> longer in the future. Yeah. That's all right. We're not talking about that show. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so what do we th- uh, think of the, these these drag monsters? Are we going to see them again, or is this a one off? It's a one off. Um, okay. I'm I'm sure they're a one off. Um, but I think that they were decent villains. I think the uh, idea of them is cool about they evolved from you know nuclear holocaust. Um, the idea that the Earth has been destroyed. Um, and at first, uh, they didn't they didn't explain about the carbon dioxide until a little bit later. But I was wondering, okay, they're out in this this desert wasteland. Why are there trees? Why are trees alive? I, yeah. else can be alive. And I, I guess the they explain that later with carbon dioxide. Yeah, because trees breathe uh, carbon dioxide. And they're basically saying that these monsters were like big angry trees. Yeah. Um. But I, I like the idea of the of the monsters. I thought there was a, a good threat in the episode. It, it, it did remind me of Midnight, so I thought that that was a, an also, a, another nice connection. I like the I like the concept of the monsters more so than I like the look of the monsters, which never looked like real to me. Obviously, they had a lot of close ups on them because they were they were well basically I thought they were well enough designed, but it's not like anything that you know stands out it's just you know it's a monster <laughs> it's a monster and and it's fine um i think there was something there but uh there were certain air moments like especially when it really zoomed in on these faces where i was like okay they're doing the jurassic park route because this is a this is a hand in a muppet's face um <laughs> kind of just looking around Weren't they just costumes? I thought they were just costumes. There were ones in the costumes. I feel like the ones with close-ups were probably puppeteering, and there are CGI ones when they're like roaring and things like that. Oh well, here's here's another thing though. I liked the idea of them adapting, and they never really used that. I was disappointed with that that they didn't use that to an effect in the story. Um. I was going to say, you know, the doctor was trying to trap it in with oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking it would be awesome if it adapted to that, you know, and, and, and the oxygen was not going to be a, uh, a, a, an obstacle for it because it could adapt, you know, something like right. that. Cool. And then they turn them back into human, right? <laughs> that, um, that would also have been an, another potential cool idea as well. Is if you could bring them back into what they would have been as a human, that could be a potential the Doctor Saves the Day thing, you know. Now, there are some would, side characters. Show, that would also show that, um, that terraforming the world would actually be a great idea because you could bring all these dregs back into humanity. You know, that, that mm-hmm. could, be, could have been a really cool thing that they could have done. That's one way that the doctor would have been able to save the world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But they didn't go that route. So uh, <laughs> we have some side characters in this episode. Most of them I don't really care that much about. You have the mom and the daughter story, the actual 
connection they have. I don't know. It was fine. Bella was an interesting character, but she wasn't fleshed out enough. Um, she, I mean, it, it's fine for what it is, and I hope they bring her back, if nothing else. The old people love bird story. I mean, whatever. And then you got the Oompa Loompa mechanic guys. Um, father and son, I think. Now, now, okay. One thing that I was going to say is, have you seen Spaceballs? A long, long time ago. Now, Hyphen. This character, it looked weird. They looked weird, right? Yeah. Um, they reminded me of John Candy in Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. His, his character is named Barf. <laughs> Barf. But he is he is supposed to basically be Chewbacca, right? So he's like a dog. To, yeah, he looks like he looks a bit like a dog. Um, but he has sort of like the same kind of hair. And that, that yeah. reminded me. She kind of looked like a who to me. Okay. <laughs> um I I get what you're saying, but I, I feel like I feel like his character would be similar to the um Lobos <laughs> from the one book that I read from the Thirteenth Doctor novel where everybody was dogs. Mm. Um characters that are called the Lobos. Um now I don't know. I there apparently is an older classic story, I feel like, that at least mentions the Lobos, but doesn't actually feature them. Um, I don't know. I think when uh, I look at it, I'm not sure. Another thing I was going to mention is we, we were talking about in the previous episode about we were wondering whether, you know, Chibnall was going to carry this idea throughout the season. We at least know that nothing about the master, nothing about Gallifrey was mentioned in this episode. So correct. Whether those things get brought up occasionally throughout the season is still yet to be seen, but we know for sure it's not going to be like an every episode thing. Like some, uh, like if you look back at season five or even maybe season eight, um, there was always like a callback. Like in season five, there was always the crack in the wall or a mention of the silence. In season eight, I think there was always a little uh, scene of Missy, you know. Mm-hmm. So no. stuff like that, I, I really like those where they at least give you an idea that they're building towards something, you know. It yeah, and in this one, so it's a bit of a no. Thing. And I think I think there was a interview with Jody recently where some people have said that she might have tease the idea that they won't settle the mystery of the timeless child this season great i mean <laughs> if that's if that's the case i mean i'm not going to be that surprised but i would at least like to there to be something you know like it, it it's real uh, they reveal something yeah at least move it forward because um like if you think about uh, Stephen Moffat, the entire Matt Smith run, right? The entire Matt Smith run was the mystery of the silence, right? But yeah. every season, they sort of they sort of revealed a little bit more about what that was going to be, until they finally uh, came to a close at the end of his run. 
And so I think if you do something like that, where you, where you, where you make it look like you, you almost make it look like you solved the mystery entirely, but you could leave a little bit open with it. Mm -hmm. uh, expand on the future. Right. And uh, I don't know. I, I hope that we get more from the timeless child between here and the finale. Right. Um, I, yeah. Cause I, 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 I don't like when shows go the X files route where it's the premiere and the finale that actually means something. And then there's like maybe the, uh, they're all mid season the finale. The rest of the season is like episodic and routine and throwaway because people like monster of the week. And I'm like, eh. what I you like, know, the, I, eh. what I, I like for shows that, uh, like Doctor Who has a good excuse for being a fairly procedural show. But what I like for shows that are like that is that they do have moments in the episode, usually towards the beginning and end, that sort of tie it with the rest of the season. Like mm -hmm. uh, think about House, right? Most of the episode, he's just solving this new mystery, uh, mystery disease or whatever that, that he has. But towards the beginning or towards the end of the episode, there's going to be these character moments where the characters um, continue the events that they have been um, going through this entire season. Yeah, there's still a connection. Yeah, Stuff like that. And I think CSI did the same sort of thing. Stuff mm -hmm. like that where, where there are character moments, um, character or arc moments um, in, in the, each episode that sort of move the story forward <laughs> a little bit at a time. It doesn't need to be a lot, just something to tie every episode together. And and I, yeah. When it's complete filler like that, it just feels a little pointless unless it's just a really good filler episode like blink. Yeah. Mid Blink's a very good filler episode. Cause I mean, it, doesn't really do anything i mean it, they are going to be expanding on that blink episode in a comic book that i hope comes out soon so i can perhaps talk about it on the podcast but i don't know when that's actually coming out um because i'm curious on what they do with it because it's supposed to basically rewrite the episode and just include the 13th doctor somehow um, i'm i'm a little worried about that <laughs> why <laughs> it's good as it is you know <laughs> it is, but like I always say with people who always complain about remakes, the original will always be there, mm -hmm. and this does not replace it. It does not erase it. So, well, that's like, you know, if with time travel, it could. <laughs> well, I guess, <laughs> but it is a comic, so most people won't even know about it, other than you know, just kind of an interesting tidbit that they read or they see somebody talk about. It's not part of the actual show. What even I, though I technically canon, I don't know. What I would hope for something like that is um, instead of rewriting it, you get a different perspective. So like maybe the 13th Doctor was always there all along and you didn't know because we didn't see those scenes or we didn't see those angles or whatever, something like that, you know? Like uh, think about, uh, I think it was, was it Father's Day in the first season of Doctor Who? where um, the doctor and Rose are there viewing her father and then her father gets killed, right? And then you don't know, but there's another copy of the doctor and Rose behind them. They were already there. So like yeah. seeing it from another perspective would be a cool idea as well. 
And it's possible, but I, my guess is that the 13th <laughs> Doctor will uh, interact with the 10th, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. That's the episode Orphan 55. Um, you got anything else to add about that? That's it. Okay. Um, like I said, this episode wasn't bound to be terribly long, given the fact that it is kind of a procedural, you know, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some good things about it. Got some other things about it, like characters I don't care about, like now, Loompa Procedural, but like we said, there could be some potential for them to expand on it later with the uh, either with the characters, um, the mother and daughter characters, or with the idea of um, the Earth's future. Either of those ideas but, could be expanded on in the future. If it's not, it probably won't. Be. It probably won't be. So it's probably going to be procedural. But they have some some uh, potential there. Yeah. Um. Next week we got another episode. Uh. I think I saw the title accidentally, but it doesn't. It doesn't no. tell me anything. Um. So. Until next week, we'll catch you guys. Um, remember, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure that you, you know, subscribe to it so you can hear every new episode whenever it's released. And, write a uh, review. Write a review on iTunes uh, podcast because we only got like two ratings on there and does not make us look very good. Um, <laughs> we also we also have a Facebook page which you can find us. Of course, you could just search smaller on the outside. We post our episodes on there. As well as, you know, pictures of the uh, episode and things like that that you can uh, enjoy. And you can comment so, there so you can interact with us that way if you want. You can also comment on there and message us and we will probably respond. So, yeah. Diggles. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next week, we'll see you then. Uh, so, until then, peace out. Peace out.